Tonight we are back in our Bible study. We are back looking at ancient words. These are words that we're looking at. They were assembled by King Hezekiah's scribes some 27 to 2,800 years ago, if you can imagine that. Words that were assembled, edited, put together some 27, 2,800 years ago. And yet these words uh, still speak, and they speak perfectly to us today. Today, if you are around teenagers or young people, uh, you know they build their own vocabulary. They've always done that for, for many, many generations, many years. It's one of the fun things about them. Uh, well, tonight, in case you're not up on that, I want to give you some of the examples of their vocabulary today. Uh, today, they will say, someone is capping. Uh, that used to mean that you were putting a lid on somebody. I work at the ketchup factory, and I'm capping. It now means to be capping, to cap, first off, cap is fake or a lie. Uh, capping, therefore, is faking or lying. And then there's another expression, no cap means no lie. So no cap, no lie. Uh, here's another word that's very popular today. It's the word bruh, B-R-U-H, bruh. That used to mean you were punched in the stomach, bruh. Uh, it now means bro or dude, and it is a very common and frequent way to start a conversation, bruh. Let me tell you about my job capping. Here's another word that's, that's a phrase that's popular today. It is to throw shade, uh, to throw shade. This used to mean you were setting up an umbrella somewhere. Maybe you're at the ball game, you open up an umbrella, you're throwing some shade on you and your family. Uh, it now means to give someone a dirty look or insult. And so you can say, bruh, no cap, they are throwing shade. That would actually mean something. Here's another one. It is goat. Goat. That used to mean an animal, a barnyard animal that you would barbecue. Sometimes you would milk them. Uh, frequently they were called billy, a billy goat. Uh, it now means the greatest of all time. Bruh, no cap. Roger Staubach is the goat. I put one of ours in there. Here's another one. The word lit. Lit, that used to mean something was on fire. The barbecue grill is lit, and I'm going in to get the steaks. Or it's going to be warm in a moment. We've lit the fireplace. Uh, now it actually means cool or exciting. Bruh, that is lit, no cap. Another word, salty. It used to mean salty. It actually used to mean salty. This is too salty. Are these too salty? Uh, it now means bitter or angry or upset. They were throwing shade because they are salty. Here's another one today. To troll. To troll. Now, this used to be a short person that lived under a bridge. Uh, this is now to post comments online intentionally seeking to upset others, trying to get a rise out of others. Bruh. I'm salty, no cap, they are trolling me. Here's another one, got two more. Here's another one, this one absolutely makes no sense. Bussin, bussin. Uh, this used to be how we would get to school. My parents didn't buy me a bike, so I was bussing to school. Uh, it now means extremely great. 
extremely great. Something's awesome. It's bussin' bussin'. Another one tonight is going ham. Uh, this used to be a common thing that we would eat for Easter. Uh, bruh, this Sunday I'm going ham and deviled eggs. That's what I'm going to eat. Well, it actually now means to put it in extraordinary effort, uh, to work hard at something, to, to uh, go hard. Bruh, this Sunday I'm going ham on the ham because it is bussin' bussin'. Now, as I think about those, it is an interesting thing. Ten years ago, uh, we hear those words. We would have thought they're crazy. Ten years from now, these folks will realize they were crazy saying these words. Now, imagine these ancient words tonight. 2,800 years, and they are still relevant. They are still on time, and they are still speaking to us tonight. Now, the reason is these words are the words of God. And so as we begin tonight, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the depth of that. The words that we are studying tonight, these are the words from God, and these are the words that God wants us to have. And so what we're going to study tonight is what God wants you to know. He wants you to practice these things. He wants you to have this wisdom. And so these are the words that God desires that we have. Now, last week we finished chapter 26. We're going to start tonight in chapter 27. Chapter 27 begins a section that is a list of warnings or a list of things to be aware of. And so Proverbs chapter 27, we're going to begin tonight in the first verse. It says this, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Now, the idea here is not to be overly confident, not to be arrogant about tomorrow. Sometimes we think we know how it's going to go. We think we know how it's going to be. The reason is because the Bible says we do not know what a day may bring forth. We do not know what a day will hold. Now, the truth is this. Some of you know this. Your whole world can change in a day. And you can have plans, and you can be headed in one direction, and you can be doing these things, you can be chasing certain goals, doing these things, and you can be moving in one direction, and just an instant, everything will change. Maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a diagnosis, maybe it's a decision that you made and the repercussions of that, but just in a second, everything can change. Sometimes I get to the end of the day, and I take a shower and I get into bed and I turn off the light and I, and I lay there and I, and I think, man, I didn't see that coming. Man, I never thought we'd be dealing with this thing or this, this situation. And everything can change in a split second. Well, here's the idea of the verse. Do not be overly confident in the future things, but here's the idea of the verse. Live today. Maximize today. Cherish Today, honor God, walk in obedience today. I wonder how often we think that we will live lives that really honor God, but we're going to start tomorrow. You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that this spring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that as we head into this summer. I'm gonna, man, I'm going to live a life and it's really going to honor God. I'm going to pray 
and I'm gonna read God's word and I'm, I'm gonna walk with God. I'm gonna draw close to Christ and I'm gonna start tomorrow. I'm gonna start this spring. I'm gonna start before summer gets here. The idea is this, live today. Maximize today, cherish today, walk in obedience, honoring God today. Do not boast about tomorrow. You do not know what a day will bring forth. Now, before we leave that proverb, I want to ask the question. We do not know, but who does know? And I want to tell you, we can take hope that our God does know. So you know what we do? We walk with him. We trust in him. We do not know what tomorrow holds, but you know what, he's not surprised, he's not caught off guard, and so we walk with him, we seek him. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Verse two, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Now verse two is very simple, it means this, do not self-promote. Do not honor yourself. Do not brag on yourself. Do not make sure that everybody knows how good you are or the good things that you're doing. Sometimes folks think, well, if I don't, if I don't tell somebody, they'll not know I'm doing these good things. But the truth is this. We should live in a way that it is clear. We should live in a way. I don't have to tell everybody what I'm doing. I don't have to tell everybody of my character, but live in a way that it is clear, that it is visible to them. Now I want you to see there's two parts to how we act this out, how we put this into application. The first is this, do not be a braggart. Do not be a braggart, do not self-promote. Don't tell everybody how good you are, don't tell them the good things that you're doing. Do not be a braggart. But the second thing is this, but live such an excellent life that others can see it. Listen, this is not a verse that calls us to do nothing. No, listen, we're to do great things. We're to do excellent work. We're to, we're to strive to be a blessing to excel, but just don't brag on it. The word there for a stranger means a passerby. And so you're living in such a way and you're doing such things that a person passing by, they have nothing to gain by bragging on you. They're just passing by and it is visible to them. Do not exalt yourself, but live in a way that it's clear to others. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. Verse 3. A stone is heavy and the sand weighty, but the provocation of a fool is heavier than both of them. A stone is heavy and the sand weighty, but the provocation of a fool is heavier than both of them. It says the stone is heavy. It says the, the sand is weighty. Now, I, I think if you, if you think about that, a stone, man, it can be heavy, but I think the sand is even worse. You pour a bunch of sand in, you can't hold it up. The stone is heavy. The sand is weighty. It's worse, but here's the truth. The provocation of a fool, the Bible says, is heavier than both of those. Now this verse and the next verse, verse four, I believe are telling us personalities to avoid. 
And, and you want to know what God's wisdom is going to lead us to do? I think in verse 3 and verse 4, God is telling us these are personalities to avoid. These are personalities. These are actually people to stay clear of. Now, that's a hard concept for us sometimes. There's actually people we ought to draw back from? Yes. There's some folks we ought to draw a distance from? Yes. And so these verses, I believe, are telling us a couple of the types of people that we ought to stay clear of. Now, verse 3 is a person who provokes, who pushes, who prods, who, who stirs up, they, they like to bring out the worst in you. And so, you know what, if they could push you a little bit, if they could prod you a little bit, if they could get you to, to have a poor response, they like to bring out the worst in you. And it says here, that is heavy. That is a burden. Be sure today we need to be close to people that take weight off of. We need to be close to people that take a burden off of us instead of put it on us. We need to be around people who encourage the best in us, that they make our day lighter, they make our day joyful. We need to be around people who help us not to be our worst, but help us to be our best. I want you to get this, and I'm talking about all people, but as I was thinking this afternoon, especially young people, especially young people, listen very carefully, all people, but especially young people tonight, a lot of your success in life and a lot of your enjoyment of life and a lot of your walking honorably with God will depend on who you run with. You enjoy life. You see success in life. You're walking in obedience with God. A lot of that's going to depend on the people that you associate with. Listen very carefully. We see it all the way through our study of Proverbs. It matters who you are closely affiliated with. It matters who you associate with. It matters who you talk to, who you spend time with. It matters. It absolutely matters. Well, I don't think it matters. Well, I just understand they're that way. It doesn't impact me well. It's just that way. It's just how it is. It matters who we run with. Let me give you three practical things tonight. First is this. Listen very closely, especially young people. Cut out the ones who do not add. Cut out the ones who do not add. If they're not in addition to what you're doing, if they're not addition to the things that you're seeking, cut out the ones that do not add, that do not add to your walk with Christ, that do not add to the goals that you've set. Cut out the people who do not add. The second thing is this, seek out the ones who do. Seek out the ones that make you better. Seek out the ones that are encouragement. Actually go and cut off some of them, but seek out the ones who do. And then here's the third part. And be the one who blesses. You know what you do? You cut some of them out. You know what you do? You go find some others, but you be the one who blesses. I think sometimes we're so self-focused and we're so self-concerned that we forget what we do actually adds or, or, or detracts from the situation. We need to be one of the ones who blesses. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be the, the, the biggest blessing to somebody. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the craziest 
blessing to someone. I'm gonna encourage them. I'm gonna try to get weight off of them. I'm gonna help them. I'm gonna serve them. I wanna be the person that is a blessing to people. So here's some practical advice. You know what it matters who you run with. Some of them that detract, you need to cut out. Some of them you need to go seek out. And you need to be a person who blesses others. Let me tell you something. That is the best way to live. That is the best way to live. You'll have a better time following Christ. You'll have a better time walking in a messed up, crazy world. You'll have a happier, more enjoyable time. That is a better way to live. There's a verse, and it's in Proverbs about, I guess, two years ago now. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, and it says this. The generous man will be prosperous. Now, that doesn't make any sense. The one that gives things away will be prosperous. And he who waters, some translations say refreshes, will himself be watered. Himself will be refreshed. Be that person. Seek out those people. Cut out those who aren't. Bruh, you got to go. Verse 4, no cap. Verse 4. Listen to verse 4. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. But who can stand before jealousy? This is the word of God. This is the wisdom of God. This is the truth of God. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. But who can stand before jealousy? Wrath is fierce. It's vicious. We know that anger is overwhelming. It, It overruns us. It floods down on us. Wrath and anger, they are terrible things. They they cause terrible damage. They cause much destruction. But I want you to get this. Be sure and see this tonight. God says, but jealousy is worse. Jealousy is worse. The Bible says this, who can endure, who can stand before jealousy? The Hebrew word for jealousy means envious. It is an attitude of jealousy. It it is the idea of bitterness, of resentment that brews and grows into hostility. It, It is expressed towards someone who has something that that person does not. They're not jealous. I think it's interesting. They're not jealous of the thing. You think, oh, I'm jealous of that that thing. They're not jealous of the thing. The expression of it is they are jealous of the person with that thing. It may be their stuff. It may be their possessions. It may be the position that they have. It may be their success, but it's not necessarily the thing. That's where it starts, but it's expressed toward the person. They they are jealous. They are envious, and maybe it's masked. Maybe they try and hide it, but it grows in their heart, and it brews in their heart, and it eventually becomes, listen to me, hatred. It eventually becomes hatred. At first, it causes mistrust. It causes doubt, but then it grows, and then there's resentment. There's bitterness, and it grows, and it eventually ends up at hatred. It is rooted in pride. It is rooted in discontentment. And it is a sign that you're driven by the flesh. Listen, those things aren't of Christ. 
Do you see that? That doesn't match up with the follower of Jesus Christ. It's, it's rooted in pride. It's, it's, it's rooted in dissatisfaction, discontentment. It is a sign that you're led by yourself. You're driven by the flesh. God says here in his wisdom, there may be some people, they get mad. And there may be some people, they get angry and they cause all kinds of destruction. But here's what God says tonight. The people to avoid, the people to be warned of, here's what God says. They are jealous people. Let me tell you something. Of all the people I've ever dealt with, a jealous person is the most dangerous. Now, I've seen some fired up people and I've seen some mad people. And I've seen some people that cause all sorts of destruction because of that. But I want to tell you, a jealous person is the most dangerous. They are vicious and they will slander and they begin to throw off restraint and they plot and they plan and they become mean. And listen, they end up and they seek to actually destroy you because they do not have what you have. And I'll tell you, they are the most dangerous people. Older people, young people here tonight, listen to me. When you identify a person as being a jealous person, and we, we can do that. When you, when you notice, when you see a person is a jealous person, you know what, I, I see how they talk, I see how they act, I see their gossip. When you identify a person as a jealous person, let me tell you what the Bible says, you run from that person. You get away from that person. Today we have a relatively new word and it's describing an old problem and it's the word narcissist. Maybe you've heard that, narcissist. Uh, the root of narcissism, if you look into it, it is me over you. And you, you find a person and they, they exhibit these traits and they're, they're a narcissistic person, they're a narcissist and at the root of the problem, it's me, it's me over you. That is exactly this verse. Let me tell you something. You cannot succeed with this person. You cannot win with this person. It is a dangerous person. Bible says be warned and respond accordingly. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? I'm going to end there tonight. As we hear these things, as I was thinking about these things, I keep having a thought. As I, as I pass through these, and it's really every single week, every single week when we move through our verses, especially these verses today, as we move through them, I keep having a thought, and the thought is this. I wish I'd have known earlier. I wish somebody explained this earlier. Oh, the problems I could have avoided, the grief I could have avoided if somebody explained all of these truths early. I'm not talking about one of them. I'm talking about all of them. Oh, if I'd have just known, be this type of person. Exclude this type of person. Seek out these type of people. Do business like this. Have this sort of integrity. Walk in obedience. Oh, if I'd have just known these things earlier. Well, here's the deal tonight. We know now, and so we start now. You say, hey, I'm 80 years old. Hey, I'm 85 years old. Hey, I'm 60 years old. My Kids are gone. Hey, I'm 40 years old. Hey, I'm young. I've got kids. Hey, I'm a young person. Here's the deal. We know now, and so we start now. No cap, no lies. I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me tonight. Let me pray.
Let's pray. Dear Father, we come tonight and we are thankful for a gracious God. We're thankful for a God of truth. We're thankful for a God that's in all the details. And we see the, the majesty and the glory of our salvation, the truth of our Savior, that justice is upheld and mercy is granted in the cross of Calvary. And we can't understand that. We can't really wrap our mind around that. And that is the glory of our salvation. We see something that big, but we also see something as small as you tell us who to walk with and who to seek out and who to avoid and how, how to live in these days. And, and, and you're the God that leads us to the happy ways to live, to the best ways to live, to the best ways to walk in obedience and live in a way that would honor you. Lord, I'm thankful that you're in the smallest of details. I'm thankful that you're in the great plan of our salvation. Lord, I pray that we've been instructed tonight. I pray for young folks tonight to hear these truths and respond accordingly. And to, and to build a foundation on top of it. And to seek out friends like this and spouses like this and business partners like this. Most of all, they, themselves to be people like this. Lord, I, I pray for us here of different ages. I pray that we would understand what we know now. We put into practice to the honor of God, to the glory of God, and as a blessing to us, it's not too late. Lord, we come, and again, I pray as we head into this week of Easter, I pray that the invitations that have gone out would, would strike a chord and that folks would come. I pray for the invitations that will be offered this week, that they would respond in, in kind and they would come and they would hear of a risen Savior. I pray for the music. I pray for the gathering. I pray for the message. I pray that it would honor you, that it would be a great witness to a lost world that needs hope in these days. Again, Lord, we come and I pray for the sermon series to start after that. I pray that it is your word. I pray that it is your truth. And I pray, Lord, that it brings glory to you. Help that effort. Bless that effort as well. Lord, what could happen with the church heard of the victory we have, secure, finished in Jesus, moving that way as well. Lord, we come and I pray for, for some that are sick tonight, some that are ill tonight, some that are facing tough stuff. I, I pray for Pam Welch. I pray for others as well, Kaylee and Bailey. You know each situation. I pray that you would move and that you would work, that there would be peace, there would be comfort, that there would be joy. We know you hear our prayer. Lord, I pray for those here tonight. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. I pray for young kids here tonight. I pray for dads and I pray for moms and grandparents. Pray for a church family, Lord. Let us walk in unity. Let us walk in purpose. Let us point to our Savior, Jesus. And then, Lord, we say we are not so dumb. We would stand here tonight and not thank you for the good things, for the gracious things, for the times when you never have left us, never forsaken us, where you've been kind and gracious to us, most of, us, most of all on the cross of Calvary. And then we walk out of here today with a hope that stands, with a foundation that cannot be shaken. Lord, we praise you for that and we thank you for that. We come and we close out this service saying we love you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen.